0: Hi, my name's Shelley Flett. Welcome to the Dynamic Leader Podcast, where I share insights, experiences, successes, and failures with leaders from across a broad range of industries and business structures. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun, and ultimately become more dynamic. So please sit back and enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. Uh, So this week the conversation is around confidence um, and you know it's something that I think is quite topical at the moment um, where there's a lot of fear in the workplace and there's a lot of fear and and not just um, you know psychological but definitely physical with COVID and the lockdowns etc. And so it's the not just confidence in the real terms of the word, but confidence around the perception. And so today I'm really honoured to be speaking with uh, Pamela Jabour, who is the CEO of the Total Image Group. Uh, they design and manufacture fashion forward uniforms for organisations across Australia. Um, and it includes people like or companies like Fantastic Furniture and the Australian Olympic Team and Woolworths. Um, and the business was established and I'll let Pamela share more of this established 15 years ago. Um, and so really awesome to have you here, Pamela. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my absolute
1: pleasure. So nice to be here and to be having a chat.
0: Yeah. Tell us like 15 years ago, how did, how did this all start?
1: How did it all start? Um, So I grew up with business. My dad was an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. He had many businesses. um, But the last one uh, that stuck was the rag trade. So he was one of the first Australian businesses to deal direct with China, open an office there. And he was the kind of connection point in fashion. So he used to manufacture men's business shirts and suits for a lot of Australian major retailers. Um, Growing up through uni, I've always been super passionate about fashion and what you wear. Um, And I kind of watched dad in his business and knew I wanted to work with dad, but didn't really want to work with dad. Um, Knew I wanted to work in fashion, but was terrified of working in fashion uh, and kind of Hit this halfway point where uniforms were something that I was starting to notice. It was the same kind of product. Dad was producing business shirts and suits. So I saw, you know, um a synergy there. And no one was really talking about fashion in uniforms. My background is actually marketing. So I studied um. Bachelor of Business Marketing and was super passionate about a brand and brand storytelling and again when I looked at the uniform space no one was talking about that so I saw a real opportunity to kind of connect fashion and brand storytelling um, and talk about it uh, and talk about how people feel with what they wear to work and and started 15 years ago and, and that actually no one was really pushing uniforms that way. 15 years ago, it was very much pure polyester, not many options for women, um, kind of black, blue and white were your colour choices. And there was this big embroidered logo and that was as fashionable as it got. So um, kind of took that approach and, Because we were one of the few doing it, and particularly one of the only few doing it to smaller size businesses uh, who had between 50 to 300 staff, we started to develop a lot of traction. um, And yeah, about two years in, won a national contract for 30,000 employees where, where they were a major retailer. And it kind of, the rest is history, it kind of snowballed from there.
0: Fabulous. And you um, supply uniforms to a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people today.
1: 300,000 people a day wear a total image uniform.
0: That's fabulous. So um, to those who sort of haven't really considered it, a uniform is kind of just an easy option. And I know that some people enjoy wearing their uniform because they don't have to think about what they wear. Um, And then there's also people who go, I absolutely hate this uniform it's awful it doesn't fit it's impractical etc um how do you kind of navigate through that it's practical it's got to work as well as because there's a bit of a brand story that goes with it isn't there oh absolutely and I think um the biggest thing I, I
1: lead by saying is it is impossible to please everybody but you absolutely can please the majority and it's a matter of kind of picking pieces, understanding the demographic, uh, first off, first and foremost, understanding, you know, what environment they're working in, um, what they actually do for work, and then kind of connecting it together from there. And, you know, for us, there are, we work with huge companies that have 110,000 employees and have such a broad demographic, and it's actually quite tricky because you might have you know young kids who work shift work and and they might be 16 year olds and then you might have those that are closer to retirement or are retired and have come back and done a few hours um, and then you've got race religion considerations like it's it's there's quite a lot to think about and unlike retail or fashion whom can specifically target A set demographic in uniform you can't Um, and our brains have just gotten used to knowing that and thinking that way and problem solving and creating a range with all that in mind so it's Mm -hmm. not easy but I guess my my biggest kind of spiel to clients is you should go to an expert you should look for a company that has dealt with people in your industry or obviously through their reputation you know Um, know how to guide you and take Mm. their direction Um, Mm. I find it always falls down when companies try and do it themselves not understanding that uniform isn't simply fashion and even if you've been a pattern maker or a fashion designer in a past life uniforms is completely different and you really should leave it to the experts because there are so many considerations Mm. and our job is to to kind of put that to you and explain it and sell you as to why we've chosen these pieces and fabrics and fits etc.
0: There's just so much to consider. And, you know, if we sort of bring back to this theory around confidence is how much of, you know, what we wear um, does it tell other people about whether they can trust us or whether they have confidence in our abilities? Oh, so much. I think first
1: impressions and I think particularly now with COVID and everyone being so much more aware and observant of their surroundings and the different you know, connections they're having with individuals, that trust factor is so important. And you do, you, you build that, be it through a Zoom call or, you know, I think we were having a chat earlier around just simple things like if you're going back to an office and you may or may not have paid attention to the cleaners in the past, you know, that they, they come weekly or daily and they clean the offices. But now, because we are so attuned to clean environments and wanting to feel safe, we probably are paying attention. And what are they wearing? And do they look like they are doing a good job based on what they're wearing Um, you know I will never forget the example of when I my my son who's two and a half now at six weeks had to have an operation and um we we went in early as you do and the anesthetist came out but he wasn't dressed in his gear yet and you know here I am newborn six weeks old handing him over to an anesthetist who was in like baggy jeans and you know, I I felt so scared that my son was going to someone and obviously he knew what he was doing, but just on looks, I, I was not confident and it kind of escalated my nerves. I was already nervous. I was already feeling scared. Um, and just on appearance, it, it kind of triggered a whole different. And then he came out with my son in his, you know, gear, theatre gear, you know, the the. all all of it and I felt so much better and I and it just really kind of connected again to why I'm so passionate about the importance of what you wear because that was unnecessary stress it was already a stressful situation had he worn what he was supposed
0: to wear I wouldn't have felt so stressed or as stressed Do do you find that that um that conversation can be a little bit sensitive sometimes when we've got you know on one side we're saying um, you know, be your authentic selves, bring your whole self to work, um, exp- experiment with you know your your own styles and that we're not trying to to stifle you or anything like that. But the reality is that when we first see someone in in split seconds, um, as you've just I, you know, highlighted, we're making decisions about people and we're forming impressions. How do you navigate the that environment? because um, I, I know a lot of corporates would be dealing with that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And look, I, I think it's really important to, to consider that. But, but at the end of the day, when you are asked to represent a brand or a company, then you're buying into their story. You know, you're there to sell their story, whatever that might be. That's your job. You're a part of it. You, you commit to their values and you're accountable for selling that story. Unfortunately, it's not that easy to tell a story through what you wear, unless it's what you do for a living. Um, And my biggest comment is common sense isn't always common and it does put a lot of pressure on us. So I really think it's a company's job to put some kind of dress policy at a bare minimum, but spend some time investing in a uniform range where people have a choice. They feel like they can express themselves because there's a choice in styles and fabrics, but it also reiterates to those people who they work for, what it's about, and, and makes them the biggest brand ambassadors
0: mm. and um, becomes a really symbolic um, message that it, you know, when, when I put this uniform on, I'm stepping into this role and this is how I need to operate and behave and Represent. it's so
1: symbolic I mean again going back to I spoke a lot about people who were working from home and how businesses and brands could unite remote teams how they could connect people you know all across the country in their homes or in the same city but in their homes and and I think the most powerful thing is what is that person doing when they get up you mm-hmm. know there's their morning routine and then are they just staying in their activewear or pjs not brushing their hair and jumping onto their computer, or are they looking at your gorgeous uniform, you know, that is is comfortable, practical, it could simply just be a polo because they're working from home, but it has your logo, and they're zooming with colleagues, and they're looking at someone else wearing the same, and it's connecting them because they do work for that company, it's that Mm -hmm. small reminder that they're not alone they are part of a broader team um, and reiterates we, we've so many of us lost that connection not being able to go to the office and kind of collaborate and mm. share stories in person um, I feel like uniform was a really simple way to bring it back
0: that's great I, I mean because thinking about remote um, working environments um, and I've got a few clients who do wear their uniforms at home and I I do find it uh, interesting um, that an unexpected, like unexpected that they would be wearing a uniform at home, but makes perfect sense because it's still representing a brand.
1: Well, it's super powerful and just think about all those kids that got homeschooled and kind of the, the psychology behind it, you know, like I'm dressing to go to school and this is my routine for school or I'm in my playwear that I would normally wear running around the backyard or going on park dates and now I'm expected to sit and study in this gear. I'm, I, and I spoke to so many parents that were like it was so hard to, and it's symbolic, it does. It sets your mood for the day like, like with children, same with adults um, and it's just simple and mm-hmm. you do stand out you know, amongst those that aren't actually thinking about what they're wearing or their background. And it's tough times. Your mm. your business and brand needs to kind of use all the tools. Um, tough times mentally for our teams and as leaders, it's our responsibility to keep them motivated. You know, I, I have felt for so many uh, colleagues in Victoria who were in longer lockdowns and kind of I, I know
0: that feeling good
1: about yourself is such a big part
0: mm. Absolutely. And I, you know, when we, when we first had a conversation, I was talking about how it makes so much difference and even the confidence that you feel in yourself when you are dressed. Um, And I mentioned that I wasn't great at dressing myself and that, you know, I would enlist in the help of my sister to get my outfits ready for the week ahead. And so fashion uh, or what I was wearing was more around comfort and how it felt as opposed to, the confidence that it gave others, and I remember hearing someone say, um, "Dress for the job you want, not the job you have," which started to change my mind, and then I started to be a little bit more open to it. But it really does make a difference to the confidence you feel within yourself when you're, you know, outside of uniforms, even just dressing for the role that you have and the image that you're wanting to portray
1: oh, I, I, 100%, I know like when we have those weekends, like right now it's raining in Sydney and I'm looking forward to kind of having a lazy weekend and, you know, being in trackies and that kind of thing. But the minute I kind of get out of that bubble and get dressed up again, I really, oh, I kind of get an extra, you know, step and um, my energy level just goes up. So it's that 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 is just so important for us as owners of businesses or leaders of teams to kind of consider how do we give our team that extra step in a time where it's probably hard to stay motivated, where Mm -hmm. at a time where people are feeling lonely um, or nervous um, and and getting them dressed is is a big part of it.
0: Absolutely. So um, for for leaders who roll out of bed, put their shoe, well, maybe not even put their shoes on, put a jumper on and hop in front of their screen. what, what impact is that having on their team?
1: Oh, it's huge. I I got so cranky at a point because I had some pretty big meetings with some pretty senior people for some of the largest companies in this country, and I could not believe. I kind of took it as a, a lack of respect for the meeting, to be honest. So if you're an employee and that's your leader. It, it sets the tone. Do I even need to bother? Like, I, should I just work in bed? Um, I, I think it sets the tone. I, I think it's a respect thing as well. There's protocols, there's dress codes for a reason. Um, mm. And we've all had to navigate this difficult time. And I get that we all went through that phase not knowing how to be and what to wear, but we're well and truly on the other side of that now. Um, and it's this is the new reality. Mm. And I think a lot of people, regardless of whether there's a choice to meet in person or not, are still opting for virtual meetings because- Yeah. It is a efficient, great way to do things, um, but yeah, it, it sets the tone, you know, of of who you're leading and how you want the meeting to go, and the energy behind it. And it's hard to have high energy in video, um, so I think what you wear adds to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the dress policy should be um, maybe adjusted or adopted for the hybrid environment because I think you're right. I don't think it, I don't think it is carried over to that. Um, to that space and it probably should I be.
1: Just important from a virtual meeting standpoint, but also like I'm not going to go and wear heels. It's got to be practical. Like if I'm working from home, I have days where I work from home with my toddler. I'll put jeans on, sneakers. I might throw a T-shirt and have a blazer behind my chair. And that way if I have meetings, I throw the blazer on. You know, it's 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 kind of finding what, what works for you. I know people are multitasking. If they're homeschooling, it's got to be practical, yeah. but it does have to involve a hairbrush, washing your face and, you know, taking off, what would normally be worn to exercise (laughs) Yes,
0: Yes. active wear is not okay no (laughs) that's awesome tell me how much does um the uniform because i i do a lot of work with values and um values in some organizations can be seen as quite tokenistic they're a thing that we get together and we talk about and we do and we launch we roll out and it goes up on the wall and it might go on our lanyards um, but essentially that's kind of it. And um, there's this huge loss in opportunity for leaders to refer to the, the values. But if we're thinking about values in terms of uniform, how much does that, how much does that inform the, the creation and the design of the uniforms that you're creating?
1: Oh, it's huge. If, if a company will share them with us or if they will. So my preference is always to get kind of like a marketing deck that talks about, you know, the brand vision, the colors, the values behind the brand, how they want to be seen by their clients, how they want to be seen by their employees kind of, and the values are a big part of that values to clients and people that work for them. And and then that is where I start from a design standpoint, to be honest. You know, are, are we looking um, to be seen as a community-based brand? Are we looking to be, you know, passionate? And and you kind of pick up the tone behind what they're about and, and that plays a big part. And, and often, um, particularly if I'm doing a whole bespoke design, those words get used as themes behind the themes that I'm presenting in design. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and, you know, my background being in banking, what I've seen is a very, you know, I remember when there was, you know, one bank in the centre of the city in Melbourne and you weren't allowed to enter that building unless you were wearing a suit and tie and it was all very um, prestigious and you've, yep. you have felt quite fortunate to go there um, to now where the focus is more on the customer experience and it's more on connecting with individuals is what's the how do you how do you navigate through the challenge of uh, we want to be seen as a reputable organization and that we know what we're doing and that we are you know uh, can be trusted to look after your most precious assets uh, but also not so formal and rigid that you can't connect with us, is that? Is that a challenge to kind of navigate? Oh, look, it is and it isn't. I
1: think it's really subjective to the industry and what they're selling. And, um, you know, a really good example of this is automotive or real estate. Um, you know, we all have kind of an impression of what a car salesman might look like um, as we do a real estate agent maybe. And doesn't mean they're all like that, but there is this kind of impression that everyone gets of a typical car salesman. And we did a lot of work with um, a major brand, a few years back and they were selling youths and car family cars and yet all their car salesmen were wearing shiny suits you know really formal ties and and my comment and and it had ne- the penny had never dropped not to the marketing team not to anyone in that room and my comment five years ago was I would be scared as a customer coming into your dealership who is looking to drive a ute or buy a family car because I can't connect with the person trying to sell it to me. Um, And I just don't think it makes sense. And and if you are going to do game-changing things in your space, well, it does start with what your people are wearing. And that first impression of when someone walks into a dealership and they're considering your brand for their family car or business ute or whatever it might be, that they connect and trust the person that's selling it to them. And I think that's doing your brand justice. Um, And they can still look extremely presentable and feel smart and we can still style it for those that are used to selling in a suit because you've got to consider the people wearing it as well but it might look more approachable like they might wear a blazer with a chino pant instead Mm -hmm. of a full suit Um, or we might get rid of a tie and they can roll up their sleeves and wear a business shirt with a business pant and show them different ways uh, you know to kind of style it and and it just was the biggest change. Um, They're a franchise-based business and I had to pitch the design to 20 franchisees to to get it across the line. Um, And we literally had a unanimous vote, um, which has never happened. Like they are the most vocal. They run independent businesses. Franchise can be really difficult from a branding standpoint because you've got to, obviously there's the head office team Mm. that are all about the brand, but then you've got to sell it to the franchisees who see it as their own business. Um, Mm.
0: And- you know, that it, it was powerful because we, we put that into play. Because you're selling the story, you're selling the experience. Um, you want them to connect. You want. So you you mentioned connection and then, you know, something just sparked for me around how do uniforms in teams, and it's interesting, I've uh, worked for most of my career in back office or, or corporate office spaces where, you know, there was an expectation that you dressed in it, professionally enough um, but there was no uniform and so it's been years since I've worn a uniform um, but from a connection perspective I actually see value in a uniform just for peer-to-peer connection is there much thought that goes into that? Oh definitely so
1: even in corporate offices so I get that in a corporate office a uniform may not always have a place people tend to have a dress code there's casual Friday etc but but we pull it, you know, we, we call it like the team bonding thing. So it might be a polo or a T-shirt or the team might have access to it. So for those that don't want the pressure of trying to work out what to wear every day and we put kind of catalogs together, but nothing, you know, our Christmas party I'm known to theme. Um, and there's always a dress code, and I get a lot of crap from, from the staff about that, but then they totally get it afterwards, um, and often there's, like, either a theme that goes out in colour, or they'll be gifted, so I'll tell them what to wear on the bottom, and they'll be gifted the top, and we're all matching, but it kind of really sets the tone for what we're doing. Um, you know, we, we did a, um, this was actually really appropriate, we gave 2020 the axe, so we did axe throwing for our Christmas party last year, end of last year, and we, we all said we were going to give 2020 the axe. And um, I told everyone to wear jeans and sneakers, but then we gifted kind of blue and white t-shirts and we created teams and it just looked so good. And you could just see everyone bond and connect with their teams. And they wear those t-shirts like more than other uniform products, you know, because it's it symbolizes the fun get togethers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, as a leader yourself, you know, what's how? What's your approach to dress in your business? Um, for me, everyone knows it's it's. I, I put a lot of thought. My
1: husband knows this especially into what I'm wearing and why. And what you know, if I'm pitching for a client, I'll often wear tones in the colors I'm pitching just to help sell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in design mode, or it, it just depends. I, I dress for the role I have to play that day, uh, and you know that but but I am always dressed up probably dressed up more than I need to be depending on you know but it's just what makes me feel good and and how I get my stuff done
0: and is that what you um advocate or empower your team to do as well
1: yes I I think it's it's a big part of particularly my sales team, you know, dressing for, and they're really good at it. We we have an awesome team. They they know that this is what they sell the power of dressing. And so I think we have the best dress sales team, but I I would think that, Um, but yeah, generally that's, that's our team all knows that we have to lead by example. And if we're telling people what to wear and how to dress and, and that kind of thing. But because we're more a corporate office, like we won't necessarily wear logos on our clothes or if we do their color on color, um, but we're wearing the product and trialing the product. I've recently launched a fashion brand as well. So today I'm wearing that capsule collection wardrobe um, and, and a lot of the team opt to wear those
0: pieces as well. So tell me, have you ever as a leader had to have a conversation with someone about their dress? Because I think it, it's one of those awkward conversations. And even with uniforms, it's like, you are really not doing. <laughs> that is such
1: a good question. That is such a,
0: look, I, when
1: I first started, so I've, I've had this business actually 16 years now, but when I first started, that used to stress me terribly. A, because I was terrible at confrontation. I'm not that great now, but I've gotten a lot better, um, <laughs> but I used to see someone come in, like on interview, it was one thing, and then they start to come to work and I'd really stress. And then, you know, like I kind of just realized, I don't know who it was that pointed it out to me. I think it was my marketing manager at the time. She'd been with me 10 years. And she goes, Pam, I don't know if you know, but our our culture is that contagious that even if someone, and I know it stresses you and you want to pull them up in the first six months, but Even when they start, they may not be dressing appropriately or to the standard of total image, but if you give them six months without even saying anything, come the six-month mark, they automatically just join the queue of how we dress. and how It's it's culture. I think it's just, um, yeah, contagious, and they start to collect pieces that we sell, and all of a sudden there's this sea of black and whites, and I don't have to stress. (laughs) It just happens. You know, it's, it's like it's osmosis. It's insane. I think, but we obviously talk a lot about the importance of what you wear and dress code. It's how we sell. So so it's kind of always reinforced, but not specifically around what we wear.
0: Mm, that's so, that's really actually super helpful, I think, because your what's contagious and what the culture is driving in your business is where you want it to go. I mean, where do leaders go when it's the opposite? The opposite. I, I think when it's the opposite, is so again, like it's
1: 16 years of me working hard at this culture that it's almost like we've become a brand and people know that brand and it's black and white and they get it and it's, it's just there. But I think that that came with a lot of hard work behind the scenes. And, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I always say common sense isn't common. If, you know, if you are a creative kind of techie, business part of your induction should be to talk about dress code and expectations and you know don't set someone up to fail i think it should really always come up um, if you're in retail it's really different if if you're front facing or you're in nursing depending on the industry there should always be a policy telling you what to wear if there's a uniform it should tell you what to wear how to wear it um, and and how it works that that mm. message just needs to constantly be updated refreshed and reminded to people
0: and does the, does the dress policy these days um, include the style guide as well, which I think because that makes a huge difference. Oh, it does. Uh, we've even gone away from having catalogues
1: for clients and kind of having more around like one top five ways you can wear it because that's how you accommodate to someone's personal preferences and style um, and I think it's really important. And we have become a lot more casual, so it's a lot easier, you mm-hmm. know. The bottom choices. I, I've gone to so many meetings where guys are wearing chinos in a business shirt, and it's yeah. totally, it's great.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember. Um. Uh. In one job I had, there was the, the theory was if you if you can't see up it, down it, or through it, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh,
1: so. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I have a thing about open toe shoes. I'm known for that. I. Just- uh, it- as in don't like? Yeah, I don't, particularly not on interview. I know that's funny. I wear them in summer and out, but in an office I just, I don't know. Closed toe. Interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so fascinating, you know, I think. Um, and similar to, I just think leaders really struggle with that conversation. So what I'm hearing is your dress policy is so, so important to be able to um, have conversations around the brand and also the narrative like this is who we are this is what we represent this is what we're hoping to achieve this is how we connect with our customers this is this is how we need to show up um and i'd never given actually never given it too much thought in the past but actually it's important at all levels of an organization isn't it
1: absolutely uh, i it's just imperative and i think leading by example and kind of being that storyboard for your team in how you're dressing, how you're showing up um, is the best place to start and then start talking about it. Yeah. How do you think people look at us? How, what do you think they look at? You know, what, what story is that telling? How do we want them to look at us? What story do we want to tell them? Um, I think explaining is so important because otherwise people just see it as being told what to
0: wear and not understanding why yeah well it feels a little bit like school doesn't it tuck your shirt in pull your socks up (laughs) lengthen your dress but how good is school
1: I mean you know kids that don't have to worry about you know, I find some kids get so stressed on Mufti days and there's this pressure mm-hmm. and, you know, like that's that's it's no different in a company where we're just big kids. Like you don't, you know, this pressure to, particularly in retail, like a lot of retailers are moving away from uniform and I just think it puts so much pressure on, A, that these people are earning, you know, minimal wage for them to keep up with buying products to wear as, as uniform. Yeah. And then my probably bigger issue is the fact that because they can't afford premium product they're buying fast fashion not uniform and fast fashion or fashion in general is not made for wash and wear to be worn repeatedly as a uniform so therefore their footprint in waste textile waste is huge it's it's just kind of it makes no sense to me and then that pressure back on that individual to spend their own money on what they're wearing to work when Mm. you know
0: there's so much more behind it than what I think we really give it credit for. But I love the, I love the idea that, you know, if, um, if your customer has confidence in you because of what they see, um, and you know, that's the, the first thing that people judge by is what they see. But I think also your staff have confidence in you because of what they see and vice versa peers and all of that kind of thing that you, um, you can really then make sure you're driving the right culture you're living the values you're you know moving towards that longer term vision and i think we as leaders need to get better at that the narrative behind that because i think it it's all it can be awkward around the what you're wearing and then you can stick to policy and it can be even more rigid and then people don't feel confident that you actually know what you're talking about. Um, And so it's part of your job um, being able to help leaders with the, the narrative and the story around that. Oh, look, it's pain. And, and and that's what we say. Like my, my biggest, I guess, sales
1: pitch is we want to handle everything to do with uniforms. It's hard. It's painful. But we know what we're doing and we can make it so much simpler. And you should hand it over to the experts because that that that's what we do. So we'll do marketing campaigns for our clients where we're emailing their staff directly and saying, it's winter. Have you thought about buying your outerwear? Um, You know, because and and just all those kind of things or style it this way or it's a new year, refresh your uniform. So we'll do all that um, as an added service because we think it's important to kind of communicate directly with with the people that are wearing it. And therefore, the feedback comes back to us and we feed that back to managers. We actually prefer the feedback. I I know um, part of a uniform review process for a lot of companies is to run out and do a survey. Mm. We prefer to do the survey um, Mm. purely because we know the kind of questions to ask that will help us then create a better end result. Sometimes companies can set themselves up to fail. The questions might be too open-ended and it just becomes this whole... Mm mishmash of info that we can't really use um, but yeah I think it's a, a big part is for us that commu- direct communication and then translating that back to leadership and simplifying it and acting on it so that it's really a no-brainer.
0: And then that consistency of message over time that if you didn't pick it up the first time that's okay because we're going to be in your inbox on yes. a regular basis. Yes. I love that. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I deal with with leaders is around that persistence and, and that continuous Yes, I know you've said this before. Say it again. Yes, I know you've spoken about your values once or twice. You need to do it 20 or 30.
1: Oh, look, I, I know. And that was probably from a, you know, as a leader, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn very early on. It's like, but I shouldn't have to repeat myself, well, actually. Yes, you do. But I shouldn't have to check, that's their job. But I should but, but yes, you do. That's being a manager, that's being a leader, that's yeah. that's never going to change. And the minute you embrace that, then it yeah. makes your life
0: a lot easier. It does, doesn't it? You yeah. let go of that. I shouldn't need to and go, this is my job. This is, yes, I'm going to be the broken record that keeps yep. on. And eventually um, I think that comes back to your your culture and your business where you've got people that come on within six months they're, they're living and breathing it. Um, I would imagine that that is due to the consistency and the, you know, continuity of the message that you're sharing. Um, and I think that's a really good piece of advice for any leader is, um, f- focus on, like, actually take notice of what people are wearing and what that's doing to their um, their confidence and their um, energy levels and their ability to get their work done. And, you know, if people are not performing in their role, particularly in the home environment, then I think a conversation around, um, you know, what they're wearing and what that's what that represents and what that's doing to them um, is, is a really good idea.
1: Yeah. I, and that, that piece was something that kind of particularly now has has gotten me chatting because people are at home how do you connect with them how do you reiterate what you're about how do you make them feel connected to what you're about when they're not physically coming into the office when you know and it's that simple thing they they receive a beautiful delivery it's from you it's branded it's subtle it's practical to be worn at home each day they put it on it reminds them who they work for what they represent it's yeah It's a really small cost compared to some of the costs spent on marketing and branding and store fit outs. And it's actually, it doesn't have to be that expensive, Mm. Um, but it's the thought that goes into it and then how it's executed, obviously.
0: I love that. I I think that's awesome. And I think anyone that's... uh hasn't considered the dress code, the dress policy, even, you know, what people wear in the uniform, then Pamela is a, a great resource to tap into and someone I think we can all learn from. Um, but thank you so much for joining thank us, uh, Pamela. It's re- been really great to talk about um, fashion, which I've struggled with um, for my whole life. I'm getting there. It's a work in progress. <laughs> for those um, awkward, comfortable people out there like me, just uh, hang in there, uh, persevere and tap into your community. (laughs) I love that. So thanks so much. Um, If you want to connect with um, Pamela, I will put her details um, in the bio, but thank you all for joining us. And I look forward to another dynamic leader conversation very soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the dynamic leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.